Gary Bay Nerd Chuck, host of Wine Library TV, aka WLTV, and this is BBQ Central. Do it live. Okay. Well, do it live. I can. I'll write it and we'll do it live. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike your match, and oh, should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Welcome to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. This is the show that talks about all things that are important in the world of barbecue and grilling. The show originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame City, Bomb City, USA, Cleveland, Ohio, the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evenings, a live fire fun and frivolity show. If you want to get in contact with the show or follow the show during off show hours, here's how you do all that stuff. You can get in touch with the show by sending an email to Greg at the BBQ Follow us on all the social media channels at BBQ Central Show. And be sure to subscribe to the show podcast feed on your favorite podcast platform. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, the BBQ Central Show.com. And here's what's happening in case you get the newsletter. Before we get into that. For whatever reason, the update to this week's show, which is January 16th, did not. Andrew, you are not the fire. It did not take for whatever reason. So you might be seeing on Facebook or YouTube that the date of this show is showing last week, 1-9. But if you're seeing this right now, my ridiculously popped collar on my fleece sweatshirt because it's freezing cold down here in the basement in Cleveland. Rest assured, we are doing it live, we'll do it live. right here, right now on the 16th. Even though it says the 9th, trust me, it is the 16th and we're doing it live and a whole new set of guests. If you show up in eight minutes from now and my first guest is Meathead, You'll know that I'm a liar, but I can assure you it's not Meathead. It's not a repeat live show here. It is June 16th. <laughs> I wish it was June. It is January 16th, and we are live and ready to go. Joining the show for the first time, 14 past the hour and or 11 minutes from now. We've talked about it a little bit over the life of the show, but really never dug into the nuts and bolts of owning a barbecue supply restaurant. This guy happens to own a company called The Barbecue Supply Company out of Wisconsin. He's a longtime fan of the show. Happy to have him on. Mike Luce will join us. So if you're familiar with The Barbecue Supply Company out there in Wisconsin, is it Greendale? I, don't, well, I guess I could 
take one second to because yeah i was right greendale wisconsin then you know mike you're probably a big fan of his and you like his products and all that stuff but what if you were thinking about getting into it as i told you before there was a couple that had approached me down at the hartville hardware grill fest last year and said we're going to be building a brick and mortar location just west of cleveland and maybe this would be a great idea to hook up and do the podumentary of 2024 on getting started right from jump but it didn't work out too well for them so we'll talk to mike about what it was like getting started and how he's seen the ebbs and flows of business over the last handful of years and what he expects through this year, what's selling hot through his store, all that fun stuff. So Mike Luce, first timer to the show shortly. And then after him, it is the third Tuesday of a month. And that brings in the 35 past the first hour segment, a visit from the creator of cookoutnews.com. Wes Wright joins us. If you're a grill manufacturer, maybe Instead of going to all the other trade shows and whatever other shows, industry shows, conventions, there should only be one show that you're going to be looking to go to as years progress. And it's called CES and it takes place in Vegas. There were a number of live fire things that were exposed and introduced. So CES, who knew? CES would be the hot place to go to get your grill released, but there's no doubt after seeing what happened last week and everything that was being introduced and shown on social media and covered by tech companies, social media, this could be the place that a lot of people want to go next year and years prior to that. That'll bring a close to the first hour. Mike Luce and West, right? Second hour, first timer to the show. You've seen him on television a bunch. Wild Game Kitchen is in season three, multiple-time James Beard Award winner and Emmy winner Andrew Zimmern will join the show for the first time. Excited for that. And then closing the show, this person has relinquished her normal 14 pass, the second hour segment, making her first quarterly appearance here in 2024, the creator of the hardcore carnivore brand of products, and the creator of the namesake West Pri- uh, website, JustPriles.com. Just Priles will join us. So big show for you here on the third Tuesday of January in 2024. Mike Luce, West Wright, first hour, and Andrew Zimmern, Just Priles, second hour. Don't forget, you can follow me socially, Instagram, X. TikTok and Snapchat, all at, at BBQ Central Show. And we say good evening to those of you watching tonight through one of our video streaming platforms. You can go to Facebook.com slash BBQ Central Show. You can go to Twitter.com slash BBQ Central Show. You can also watch on YouTube, which is YouTube.com slash at the at sign at BBQ Central Show. And we have a YouTube poll question of the week which is this for all the sports fans, and we're asking all guests as well. Not everybody was included this during Super Wild Card Weekend. The biggest loser of Wild Card Weekend was the Miami Dolphins or the Dallas Cowboys or the Philadelphia Eagles and currently sitting in first place with 62% of the early vote. It's the Dallas Cowboys. Man, I'm torn. I am absolutely torn between who was the bigger failure. 
and I'm placing it on a lot of different indicators. My gut is telling me Dallas is the bigger flop because they absolutely got worked by a Green Bay team who is perhaps what experts think is a year or more than a year ahead of its time. A lot of good pieces, a lot of great young talent, obviously. And Dallas just getting smoked and at their home field. Look, the Browns aren't even part of this conversation. Steelers aren't part of this conversation. The Detroit Lions and the Rams, that was just a great shootout. I was happy to see the Lions, but I'm not surprised if either team would have lost, to be honest. But of these three, these are the biggest three where losses do affect things going forward. I'm going to lay out and say I agree with 11% of you. The Eagles are the biggest loser of wildcard weekend. Not only of the weekend. At one point in the season, and not early in the season, but late into the season, they were 10-1. and one. Favored to go to the Super Bowl. Who's going to beat these guys? Even the Ravens were getting laughed at as a potential opponent of putting them down. And then they proceeded to lose six of their last seven games? How do you do that? And Baker Mayfield make you look like a punk? That was tough to watch on many levels. So I'm no football expert, and this is not a sports show, but in my humble estimation, the Eagles are the bigger shit to bed of Super Wild Card Weekend. But Dallas continues to take it, and it's now a tie between the Dolphins and the Eagles, both at 18%. So we'll see how it goes through the rest of the show. Some feedback through past shows. Jamie in Utah. Greg, why do your parents, and he's using quotation marks, sound like they should be in the cast of Fiddler on the Roof? Don't cancel me. Regards, Jamie. No kidding. By the way, Matt Osman weighing in on the instant chat saying, did Greg get a new microphone? Good spot, Matt. Yeah. You do listen and see everything. Maybe I'm a little scared by that. Maybe not. Maybe I'm also complimented that you notice so much now Matt if you can pull where this mic came from you might get designation as superfan 1B nobody ever beats John Solberg but you might get superfan 1B if you can tell me where this microphone came from how about that there's your test for the show Matt oh, we got Mike Luce ready to show up here and do this thing before we get to Mike, we'll talk to you about Pits and Spits. Yes. Are you tired of settling for mediocre grilling experiences? You know you are. It's time to step your game up and bring the ultimate flavor and cooker to the backyard barbecues. Pits and Spits Charcoal Grills offering the highest quality live fire cooking experience that you can get in the market today. Using either wood or charcoal, their solid fuel grills produce those classic flavors you're looking for when you have the time to fire up the grill and cook for family and friends. With a large adjustable fuel tray, you can raise and lower the fire to control and fine-tune the heat. This takes this is their take on the very popular Santa Maria style grill. 
Check them out at this website, pitsandspits.com slash bbqcentralshow. And when you pell, uh, when you pell or spell pits and spits, it's the double T on the pits and spits. As you're checking out, you can save $150 off of any charcoal grill that's for sale on their website. If you use the promo code charcoal central, all one word, charcoal central, pitsandspits.com slash BBQ central, and then code charcoal central as you're checking out online, or if you want to call in and do the ordering that way, I'm sure they're happy to do that as well. Just make sure you're saving yourself $150 either online in the comments section, or as you're talking to them in person, as you're placing your order charcoal central, that'll get you 150 bucks off any charcoal grill that they sell. Use it. And then tell me how you save. You'll love it. Mike Luce coming up. Stick around. Be right back. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Casting live from the Barbecue Central Show Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Welcome back to this portion of the show being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers. You visit cookingpellets.com to check out what they offer and then when you're ready to purchase you can find the same great product at amazon.com or lowes.com or walmart.com and great shipping rates to boot how about that as i mentioned in the open gang we talk a lot about different topics on the show and from time to time we have talked about the barbecue supply store topic most recently with rick bart of texas star grill store But what does it really take to get something like this off the ground in a non-traditional barbecue location? My next guest is going to talk all about it. If you're in Greendale, Wisconsin, I recommend you stop by and check the place out. We welcome in the owner of the Barbecue Supply Company, first timer to the show. It's Mike Luce. Hey, Mike. Greg, what's going on, my man? Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evening. And before we jump into this, we have a YouTube poll question of the week that you know about. And we're asking everybody this. Who was the biggest loser of Super Wildcard Weekend? Was it the Eagles? Was it the Cowboys? Or was it the Dolphins? I mean, is it, is it really a question? It, it seems like it should be an automatic Cowboys. Really? I mean, our, our oh, yeah. I mean... Nobody expected our Green Bay Packers to come in and trounce them, and that's exactly what they did. Go Pack Go. I was thinking, I don't disagree with that, but the size and the colossal collapse of the Philadelphia Eagles, to me, lend itself to, like that was a huge exclamation crap on what ended up being a terrible six out of seven crap games. I didn't see it coming. 
could I see the Cowboys losing? No, but Cowboys are always different. I did not see the Eagle. Like, this is something the Browns would do. That's how bad it was. So I didn't see that coming. They're my pick. Yeah, I mean, and that's what makes it so sweet when the Cowboys did it, right? Yeah, no doubt about it. Mean, we've, we've gotten our, our socks kicked off by them a couple times throughout the years, and uh, this year feels really good. Nice to, to do the kicking. Nice to do the kicking, finally, yes, no doubt. Uh, excited to see how Green Bay does next round. Mike, before we talk about the store, what's the background on you, uh, if anything, before opening up the supply store? Yeah, uh, you know, I came in uh, completely blind to opening up uh, the the shop here. I actually turned of the century started doing television and video production, so television commercials, series work, corporate work, and that landscape really changed in the last twenty years. So it was time to get out of it. I was kind of sick and tired of seeing hotel rooms all the time. So wanted something that you know is more more fun, passionate than uh, you know more business. So I told about 200 of my friends that they should open a store like this and nobody did. So we took it upon ourselves to open it. So this is a passion for you, live fire in general. And then the next logical step getting out of the industry that you were in was to, after 200 people say no, is to start the supply store yourself. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I wanted to, (laughs) like I said, I wanted a store like this to shop at, so selfishly, I think we opened it, but barbecue was one of those things like growing up, like I never touched it, right? Didn't know anything about it. It was something that I could do a really deep dive into. And honestly, it's a, it's a wide deep ocean, right? You're never going to have it all figured out. So learning more and figuring out more, it's like, well, there's, there's a need for this, right? I can't be the only one. And uh, opening up a shop just outside of Milwaukee was I mean, it was the perfect place for us. Uh, we, our customers are are have become friends, right? They're not just someone that that come in and and buy the the stuff off the shelf and leave. Like we'll have a conversation for 10, 15 minutes. When do you officially open up for business? So the business was started in December of twenty one, and then uh, found the location, and then we opened. Uh, April 9th of 22. So yeah, coming up on three years. You open up right in the heart of COVID I mean, 20 or, or at least you're game planning it there. So that had to have been maybe ignorance is bliss. You don't know what it was like pre pandemic and you're going into it at, I mean, short of running a barbecue restaurant in, in the beginning of the pandemic, that seemed like a bad thing, but people were figuring out ways to pivot, to make a restaurant successful if you were doing anything else in the live fighter industry, everything was flying off the shelf. So did you get a almost false sense of security? Like, Hey, we're going to just kill it every day. Uh, when we first opened, we did. And I think that has to do more with the excitement of people that, that, I mean, because we were the first, like that's, that's where a lot of the, the buzz kind of grew from. But then we were really lucky to have friends be proud of us and want to tell their friends. And it kind of snowballed into something that, I don't know, uh, maybe a little unnatural, but yeah, we're so grateful for, for everyone because we can't do it, right? Nobody can do it themselves. There has to be some luck and there has to be a whole lot of love from everybody, from the community to make something succeed like this. When you look at a store online, some have endless amounts of products. 
Some have a very limited amount of products. There's folks that are in between those two designations. As you're looking to get your store up and running, how do you decide on what stock to put in the store as you open? That's a really good question. So there's really, there's a couple of things that we look at, right? Number one, what is that brand doing to promote themselves, right? The world doesn't necessarily need more pork rubs. There's a trillion out there. Uh, they all have a cartoon character of a pig. So that's getting lost uh, in the shuffle is, is pretty hard for any brand that's going to start up and start producing their own product. For us, uh, we, we look at, yeah, what that company is doing to promote them, how we can partner up with them. And then we look at it from a, a consumer standpoint, right? How, what are they purchasing? What are they gravitating for? And uh, from there, it's, you know, we, we try to cater to, to everybody. So we sell a lot of, you know, hardcore carnivore. Shout out to Jess because she makes a great product, but she also has a great following. Yeah. We do a lot with uh, Meat Church and Killer Hogs just because they're staples and everyone knows them. Then we try to do a little bit deeper dive. What's the KCBS people using? What are the SEA people using? So then we try to, you know, bring some stuff and have them taste it that, you know, maybe they have tried, maybe they haven't. When you're talking about getting a gauge from your potential consumers in the area, how many people are you able to even get some type of a survey from and are you getting back stuff that you're like, yeah, of course we were going to do that anyway. Or is it a lot of all over the board type stuff? And you said, well, that might be good for Timmy, but I don't know if the 200 other people are even going to have this on the radar or even going to want to buy it. Yeah. I mean, that's a beautiful thing about our customers. They have no problem telling us what we're doing right and what we're doing wrong, what they want to see different. And we <laughs> take all that feedback and it's pretty easy. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll look at the social numbers that a company's doing. Uh, obviously, we'll taste it. That's first and foremost. And then we'll make a decision from there. As you're tasting this stuff, like how, if you taste 20 rubs, are they definitively different 20 times over? Or are there just two or three of 20 that would stick out? And if they do stick out, are they more prone to be on your radar for an order? Uh, yes. Mm. Yes, they are. There's, there's probably two or three of each kind of rub that we carry, which we try to have a huge selection. You know, if it's going to be a Cajun or if it's going to be a Tex-Mex, if it's going to be an all-purpose, then, you know, we'll, we'll try to have two or three different ones for people to try just so they can compare them. But, yeah, I mean, to have 50 different pork rubs, like – it may be subtle differences, but not enough to carry everything. What kind of a inventory number are you sitting on? As far as uh, rubs and sauces? Yeah, like how much? D different ones? Uh, I think we have about 200 rubs and about 100 different sauces. What's that translate to in dollars? <sighs> I think we're sitting on probably 100,000. Huh. Roughly. When yeah. You, when you started yeah, this, that, that's, are you a, are you a self-funder or did you get a loan? We were. Really? No, no, no. We were, we were self-funder. Yeah. We, uh, we really put our, all of our chips on the table, right? So we took money of our 401k. We had some liquid and then uh, from there just kind of spent it all on inventory. And uh, ever since then, we've been 
putting it back into the inventory, picking up new lines, especially of hardware. So yeah, it's, it's a scary proposition. Luckily, uh, we don't have kids that we're putting through college or anything like that. So mm-hmm. we were able to kind of take this gamble. Are you in an existing location? Do you build from ground up? Oh uh, no, we're in a, we're in a kind of a strip mall area. So we're, uh, it's a little downtown community. You know, we have our ice cream shop and our wine bar and, it's a gorgeous little area, man. If you haven't been to Greendale, you should check it out. What have been some of the biggest learning moments for you that you would like to tell somebody about if they came up to you and said, Mike, we're thinking about doing this. What can you tell me? I mean, I think you can overanalyze it to death, right? You can look at the numbers, but that's not going to tell the whole story. I think following your gut is going to be a big part of, of what, what you're trying to build. And then the, the, the thing that we've been really successful with is just putting our own personality into it, right? We're not we're not going to be uh, you know a Walmart with uh, you know racks of shelving. We're we we put in stuff that kind of reflects our personality as much as we can, and also taking uh, inspiration from other shops, right? Skateboard shops, Ron John Surf Shop, you know stuff like that, where it's like that model can be applicable to what we're trying to do. How's product availability these days for you to get if you're going to put in an order is it pretty quick coming back around or you running into supply issues we run into supply issues <laughs> for sure um and that's one of the things that you know if, if we get a product in and it's really good if the supply chain isn't there and we need to put in an immediate reorder and we have to wait on it it's not good for anybody <laughs> right it's not good for us customers come back in we look like jerks because we can't get it in on time uh, the, the people we're buying from the, you know, they're running the risk of us not putting in reorders and it's happened before. There's, there've been some really good products that we've gotten in that we've had to dump just because mm-hmm. they didn't have their ducks in a row. Are they telling you this up front? So they're coming in with a, a, a taster, you love it, put it in an initial order and they don't say, Hey Mike, by the way, you're going to need to give us some lead time if it is going gangbusters, because this isn't just readily available at a distribution center somewhere for you to reorder. Yeah, not at all. Not at all. Like I think everyone's so happy that the deal's actually getting done and they're on shelves that they forget like looking down the road, how does this look? If it does take off, are you positioned well that you can mm-hmm. fulfill that? So yeah, no, we're 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 taking as much of a chance as anybody else is. It would be a good idea if somebody's looking to get onto your shelf to then be straightforward with you. Hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, transparency for anything is is invaluable in our business. And honestly, we'll we'll roll the dice with them. You know, we're not the end all be all of anything. So, if they want to use us as kind of a a, a testing site, you're happy to do that. I will say, you know, some of our best sellers are our local stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, Forty Third Parallel came out with a rub. They're here to help sell it, right? So shout out to those guys. They are friends of the shop that just happen to have a product on the shelf. From a cooker standpoint, what are you carrying in the shop? And do you also run the same type of battle with supply or is that different? It's a little bit different. Um, you know, if it's, if it's higher end stuff, we carry pits and spits. That is kind of spotty getting in. Um, you know, they went through a distribution channel and then that distribution channel cut off ties with, or however it worked, we got an email saying 
that our distribution our distributor is not going to be carrying them anymore. <laughs> so that was kind of a shock. Um, but something like Napoleon is always going to be through our, our distributor. Uh, Green Mountain Grills, we get directly from them, and they've been terrific to work with. Um, yeah, I, everything else, it's, it's kind of uh, brand by brand if we're going to get it from a, a distributor or directly from them. It just kind of depends. What sells the best in the shop pit-wise? I mean, our first year, it was Green Mountain Grill ledges. They were flying off the shelf. I think everyone, everyone has a Green Mountain Grill right now. Uh, last year, to my surprise, uh, it was the Napoleon Prestige 500. Really? Which is a gas grill. Yeah. 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 Crazy. I never would have guessed it, but that is that is the, our top seller last year. Do you think people dump on gas grills? I'm, I've been pro gas grills since I can remember, but do you think if you buy one, people secretly throw shade on you like you're not some real barbecue or grilling guy? Yes. Really? Yes, because I was one of those guys. I no. was one of those guys. That's your like, job is to sell those 100%. things. What are you talking about? Yeah, so my problem when I first started is that I thought, you know, I, I had blinders on, right? It was uh, it, it was this and, and that's it, right? If Unless you're doing live fire, then it's not cooking at all. If, if gas, gas is cheating until you're not doing anything with it. <sighs> Listen, I, I, I changed, right? I, my eyes are open. Um, I, I definitely think there's a, a need for it. Um, I don't think that, you know, if it's not producing smoke, it's not cooking. I, mm. There definitely is a, a change in that landscape. Gas grills are, they serve their purpose and, and not to be hated on. Do you run into any weird issues with brands that you might carry who are trying to run a line between being both a direct-to-consumer seller, but they're also trying to build a robust dealer network? Some guys want to do one or the other, but there's an increasing number of companies that seem to want to do both. Yeah, absolutely. Um yeah, definitely. PK is one of them, uh, to be quite honest. Uh, when we signed up for them, we picked them up because I love PK. I think their product is amazing. Mm -hmm. um, the problem is they run their direct consumer sales so low that there isn't an opportunity for us to make any money on it. So there have been, there have been other stores like us, because we all talk, that have dropped that brand or will no longer carry them because we just can't compete with the people we're selling against. Uh, Thermoworks is another one. And when I talked to them, they said, look, I understand what you're saying, but it's us first, you second. <laughs> so why bother trying to grow a dealer network? So that they can just, I mean, unless they're giving you like six month terms because you're going to need more time no. to move it, then why bother? I don't know what the benefit no, is. No, terms. The benefit for us is just carrying that brand, right? Thermoworks is the best. Everyone, you know, it, you're, you're, you're taken more seriously if that's what's on your shelf. Yeah, right? but certainly today's so consumer is what? A billion more times educated on being able to access the same product over 300 different places on the internet and then on the company's website itself. And they come back and say, Mike, you're $10 higher, you're $15 higher, including shipping than yeah. all these different places. And you're like, well, yeah, well, that's just the way it is. 
Uh, no, we we try to explain it right, but we understand that their dollar is just as important to them as our dollar is to us. Yeah. So if they need to go and and get their stuff uh, somewhere else because they're saving a couple bucks, I totally understand that. Mm. Um, if they want to come into our shop and support the shop because we are a store and and it's, we're going to be a place that they can come in the next time when they have questions, that's our value add to any customer. Right. That's being able to taste something, even if it's something unique or different, or they want to ask our opinion how it, you know, presents on a, on a, on a rack of ribs. We'll give them that out. You know, that's not something that they're going to go out and, and Google and say, does this pair well with this sauce? Mm. You know, we, we've done, or we'll let them taste it and say, you tell us. Yeah. You know, is it spicy to you? You tell me. From a promotional standpoint, how easy is it to get a, a big name producer of rub to come into Greendale and hang out for a weekend and try and move some product for you? Uh, it's it's kind of tough. It's kind of tough. We're isolated here. You know, uh, we're, we're not the only ones in the Midwest that, you know, a lot of these big producers are, you know, Texas, uh, Mississippi, Florida, to get them to come up here and really you know, pedal their wares and connect with our customers, almost impossible. I would love it. I would love to have Jess Prowls come up here and hang out with us and, and move some stuff. But, you know, that's, uh, that's kind of up to her. So what is that like? Let's say you wanted to have me come up and do a live show out of the, out of the shop on a Tuesday night. Like you, you pay for my travel and do all this stuff or is it up to me or the talent that you want to have come in to get their way up to you and then you'll spring for a hotel room or like how does that setup work or does it depend it really depends i mean we were nice enough or uh, meathead was nice enough to come up here and do some presentation stuff at the shop and uh i mean he did it uh for nothing which uh I loved. I mean, I, of course, I loved. Yeah, rule number three of the show, right? <laughs> but I think for him, I mean, he's connecting with people, and if and when he comes out with his new book, those people that he met are going to be the first ones in line to to buy that book. So it's advantageous for both parties. Yeah. What's selling best in the store right now? Uh, boy, uh, Rio Valley Blanco. Is one of our hottest sellers. Like Fred you know, Robles, Rio salt Valley. Pepper gar- I don't know. I I, I don't know. Hmm. Now you're putting me on the spot. Thanks, Greg. Appreciate that. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You own the shop. <laughs> I only know Rio Valley no, meats uh, from uh, like Fred Robles in Texas. So that's the only reason. It yeah, struck a bell. I, I I think it is the same one. So Rio Valley Blanco is their uh, salt pepper garlic mixture, and it mm-hmm. is so good wow it's so good um two gringos chupacabra out of san antonio uh, we sell a lot of their originals and of course uh meat church killer hogs and uh hardcore are some of our we move a lot of those part products anything coming up promotion wise that you want to mention to us before i let you go uh not not yet uh we we got some stuff in the works you know i think we're we're always going to be the shop that has the rubs and sauces and the grills and smokers. Right. But I think we're going to try to expand beyond that to give people an opportunity to maybe incorporate 
some offerings into their barbecue that isn't that. And I, I can't really say much, much more than that, mm. but yeah, we're the, the goal has always been to be more of a lifestyle brand than just a store. Right. And I think the stuff we're going to do in the future is we're, we're moving towards that. Well, he's teased us with a feather, which I certainly love. I always have a way of getting a question to a guest that they can't answer. And we've hit that with first timer, Mike loose. If you are in Greendale, Wisconsin, go on over to the barbecue supply company. You can check them out online. BBQSC.com. You can follow them on the Instagrams barbecue, which is B A R B E Q U E underscore supply underscore company and see what they're up to there. Mike really appreciate the conversation here tonight and we'll do it again soon. I appreciate it, Greg, man. Stay good. You got it. Go pack, go, as they say. He says Dallas was the biggest loser. I mean, that's hard to hard to argue. That was a pretty bad loser. West Wright's ready to go. Again, the website for Mike, if you're just tuning in, bbqsc.com, bbqsc.com, and then Instagram is barbecue with a Q, B-A-R-B-E-Q-U-E, underscore supply, underscore company. Great story there. Self-funded. You know what it takes to start a barbecue supply store? Brass balls. Anybody name that movie? What do we love about ceramic cookers? Well, if you're like me and it's seven degrees outside, you love the fact that when the ceramics get hot, it becomes an incredibly fuel-efficient cooker and becomes widely unaffected unless you have the intake pointed directly where the wind is getting blown into. But otherwise, it doesn't know the difference between zero, negative 10, or 90. Humid cooking environment, which we love. You don't have to add any water, water pans, or anything like that. 60 different ways to cook on this Primo. It's an oval shape. Get a round one. We recommend the oval. And the oval allows you to do the true two-zone cooking. So you can push all the coals over to the left or the right-hand side. You can then, if you want, install a deflector plate in addition. And the grill grate goes on it. You can put the meat over now the deflected direct heat or indirect heat. Or you can put it all the way over on the other side where there's no coals at all, giving it that nice indirect true indirect cooking. Two-zone cooking, if you will. Only sold through dealers, so find one near you by visiting the website primogrill.com and then hit up the find dealer locator and then visit it in person. Fall in love with these ceramic oval that fits best in your life and your budget. But each and every week, I'm telling you to go and get the XL. Remember, nobody has ever regretted getting big They have only regretted buying too small. Primogrill.com. We're back with Wes Wright right after this. Stick around. Be right back. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. 
Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. Thanks to Mike Luce for joining us last segment. John Husted in the instant chat said he's been to Mike's store twice and it's a great place and he's a great guy. What? This portion of the show being brought to you by Fireboard 2 and the Fireboard 2 Drive and Spark and the Beacon. You can connect up to six different temperatures, uh, temperature probes simultaneously through Wi-Fi or through cloud-based monitoring, Bluetooth's. So head on over to fireboard.com and see exactly what they have to offer. And you will not be disappointed. Fireboard doing it right, no doubt about it. My next guest is the creator of cookoutnews.com's website and the third Tuesday of the month regular guest here to talk about the latest in the live fire industry is none other than our pal Wes Wright. Wes, before we get into it this evening, we have a YouTube poll question of the week, of course, which is this. Who was the bigger loser over Super Wild Card Weekend, the Dolphins, the Cowboys, or the Eagles? Uh, I'm going to go Eagles. Or I'm sorry, Cowboys. Cow- <laughs> I watched I watched all the games. Yeah, but, Mike uh, Luce said that the Cowboys were biggest loser as well. What, why in your estimation? Uh, I think they came in with a ton of hype where like the Eagles kind of limped in, I felt like, into the playoffs, and then the Cowboys just were getting lit up. I watched it, and Green Bay was just busting off big yardage play after big yardage play. I went with the Eagles because it was a totality of collapse. As I was telling Mike, it seems like this is something that the Browns would have done in years past, get to 10-1 and one and then lose six out of their last seven, bounce from the playoffs early. It felt like it happens every year, but... We don't even make it to the playoffs every year. So getting there this year, nice for the Browns, but I don't chalk them up as being a major disaster. And happy to see the Detroit Lions uh, skate through there very closely against the Rams. That was a great game. I assume you're a Lions fan, right? Yeah, definitely. And I I think it's funny, too, with the Eagles fans that want to fire their coach when they went to the Super Bowl last year. And as a Lions fan, we'd like erect a statue of what we ever even. What have you done for me lately (laughs) is what we say in the NFL. Come on. We hit on it last month very briefly, but I am shocked to see how many grill makers, companies, brands launched at the CES last week. Items that I didn't see coming, things that everybody might should have as an alert to go find out more about. It seems to be the place to bring new stuff to the market. CES going forward, true or false, is going to be the place all grill and barbecue pit makers should be unveiling their new stuff every year. I I mean, it just... generated a ton of press for them uh that's for sure so i i saw tons of you know especially weber articles i'll have mm-hmm. to wait and see if it's a trend you know if it's just a one-year thing because i had no idea leading up that it was going to be so many grills there but i mean it's it's the show for grill releases i, I don't think any other show is going to have anything like that i feel like we should have been there last week yeah i uh i had one company asked if i was going and i like I'm like no regretfully i'm not i it's just wasn't you know usually a grill thing so but yeah I, I wish i was there what really drove it home for me is i'm watching some toolbox from engadget 
covering all the Weber releases and the AI grill and all this other stuff. And I'm thinking to myself, who is this guy? He has no idea what he's talking about. And he's has full access to all this stuff that I never would have thought would be being unveiled there at a, at a consumer electronics show. But it does reaffirm. Somebody made a statement years ago on the show about how hardware companies are not in the, live fire industry are now trying to intrinsically become software companies. I don't really think too much of it, but maybe three or four years later, here we are. These are companies that never you would have associated with technology and they're bringing their new products to a consumer electronics show. Yeah. I, I saw um, lots of videos and pictures of like Weber's launch where they had just random people from, you know, tech media there that were exclaiming things about the grills that I'm like, that's just not true. <laughs> you know, I'm just reading it. I'm like, that's just not true. Other girls have done this or that, or it's just different. But, um, but yeah, that I, I completely agree with you. And that's part of why I even launched my website is I saw more and more intersection where, with tech where I was like, okay, there's going to be a lot more news than just you know, uh, slow hardware releases like, you know, there were in the past mm. with software, it moves a lot quicker and it's, it's, uh, there's more information about it. And that's, you know, that's one of the reasons I started my website actually. Let's start with the biggest revealer as far as number of products that at least I saw, which is Weber. And we haven't really talked about Weber in a number of months or it's been pretty ho-hum. A slew of new products released. The first one is the Searwood. What do you like? Um, I I really like that pallet grill actually. And and first off, I want to say that we talked about like every upcoming Weber release almost on your show over the past like eight months. Yeah. So I just want to say yeah. we nailed that. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah, I like the searwood, and it you know it starts with the price. I was shocked by how low that price is. I want to say it's nine hundred bucks for the six hundred, and maybe twelve hundred or. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think anything one. was over 1200 bucks for even for the biggest. Yeah. Product, so. And I, I bought my like Traeger pro 575, I don't know, three years ago for 800 bucks. Yeah. So a brand new Weber with, you know, up to date features for a hundred bucks more than that. I'm, I'm sure that Traeger's probably sweating that for when they release their updated model. But, um, I really like that grill a lot. I, I haven't quite figured out how they're doing what they say they're doing. So I'm eager to see more. Um, they talk about having full great sear capabilities mm -hmm. for a sear zone. Um, I want to see that. They say it has more smoke. Um, I, I think touchscreens are cool. I like that kind of doesn't have it to keep the price down though, because it's, uh, you know, that's that's a big expense. Um, also, having a rotisserie is really cool. Having a griddle that, you know, all their Weber crafted stuff that's really integrated as opposed to just something you slap on top, I think is really cool. Um, yeah, I, there, a lot of pellet grills to me, you know, you you try one, you kind of tried them all. But that one I actually really like and, and would love to try it out. So I have a couple of follow up questions in regards to the Searwood. As you mentioned, great price points. And I agreed. Great features. Do you think Weber's making a concerted play here to buy back some of that ill will that was created during the smoke fire era? I think they definitely wanted to make a splash into that market and capture some of that share that, that they lost to Traeger because yeah, their previous pellet grill kind of wasn't really a thing. I don't, I don't think I don't never saw it around and 
at you know with these features and this price point that's something people are going to buy this would technically be the second pellet fired griddle to hit the market it was Rectech a number of months ago tried to line up an interview with them that never materialized with their woodstone or soapstone or whatever the hell they call it and then you have now this sear wood which i'm guessing is you, you take some of the guts of this traditional searwood out and then you drop this griddle in and now you have a pellet fired griddle is that how you understand it as well that's my guess i think whatever so i i said this in my article and it's just a pure guess but i, th I think what they're doing for the sear zone is they're taking you know there's a heat deflector over the fire pot they're probably angling that up is my guess so maybe it's directly reflecting right into your grill grate is my guess uh so um, I know mm. when I'm like pit boss grills, they have that like little slider so you can get direct access to the fire pot, which is always kind of gimmicky. But yep. um, what I did, I've taken a piece of a cast iron, like a cast iron griddle, just a little one, putting it direct over that. And it, it gets, you know, 75 degrees hotter than the max temp within in the grill normally. So they're doing something, my guess is to, to, you know, leverage that technology, but yeah, it is the second to that rec tech. It, it, you know, it's nice if you're, if you want to buy one grill and you know, you can have a griddle attachment. That's cool. You know, I don't think anyone's going to buy it just for that. Mm -hmm. Um, just like the rec tech, you're going to end up with like one zone cooking that, you know, it, pellets just, I don't think are the best way to do it, but I, I think it's, it's a cool feature as an add-on. Not the best way. And certainly not the most inexpensive way to fire up a griddle and it's not going to be very efficient either. I'll be interested to see how that tracks. They also introduced a new freestanding griddle called the slate. So what makes this one different? Yeah, to me, this, you know, they came with a griddle last year, but it was kind of one of their gas grill bodies with a griddle top. Yeah. To me, this is more like a full design of a griddle that was intended to be a griddle. Um, it has a, pre-seasoned griddle plate so they say you can use it right out of the box and you don't have to keep seasoning it every time um and it has you know a pretty nice look to it and it has a uh a, a hinge top that looks looks nice the whole thing looks pretty sleek it's it's priced like a, a premium griddle though i think the smaller one is like 736 inch i want to say it gets up to a thousand oh wow so we're in traeger territory on the bigger yeah, one. that yeah. premium. Yeah, the pre premium griddle segment there. I think this is the first one that's got the pre-seasoned griddle grate or griddle uh, plate, as they call it. Now, there are other ones that are non-stick. I think Pit Boss has some kind of a non-stick uh, griddle plate, but this is pre-seasoned. Do you think this will be now something that other companies will piggyback on or they'll track to see if it's really as good as they say it is and then they'll look to install because it's a very small kvetch from people that are getting griddles but if people could eliminate that step in the whole griddle seasoning process i'm sure they would love to do that if it works yeah if it works i i think that's the way to go um over uh you know a non-stick surface because th the biggest hassle with griddles is just upkeep and cleaning you know so if you can solve those you know you're you're part of the way there um and with you know i've i've tried the pit boss uh, with the non-stick i prefer you know it's it's the cleaning's way easier uh it's 
it, it works great. Don't get me wrong. Um, I just worry about that. I'm going to like screw up the surface all the time. Yeah. You know, that's my only concern. And, you know, I can be a little bit rough with a griddle. So that's, that's, and plus I, I think you get a little bit of sear, better sear too, not on a, a nonstick surface, but um, yeah. So if it's, if it's one that's pre-season and you don't have to worry about it, that's definitely a good selling feature. The last one that I wanted to talk about as far as Weber is concerned is the Summit Smart Gas Grill release. Did I hear right that the starting price tag on this thing was $3,800? I think that's right. I wow. saw one video from a, a, a tech, one tech publication that they said for like the, I, I'm guessing they're talking about like the smart version with the yeah. uh, infrared burner. Yeah. They said it's going to be just under five grand and I'm like, <sighs> You know, that's the exact opposite of the sear wood. I, you know, if I'm spending five grand on a gas grill, I'm going to not like a mainstream brand. I'm going to like an outdoor kitchen brand that's, yep. you know, thick stainless and, and all that. So five grand is pretty crazy to me. Yeah. I'm buying a Pits and Spits gas grill when they come out with theirs. Yeah. Uh, if we're going to be spending five grand, no doubt. Um, the other thing that was making all sorts of news. And it was originally introduced uh, under a different name during a Kickstarter crowdfunding campaign. I think it was the Arden Smoker, but now it has morphed into the GE Profile Indoor Smoker. My unofficially official correspondent out of Colorado got it as an Arden Smoker and has raved uh, all along on it. So what do you know about the GE Profile Indoor Smoker? Yeah, I think it's it's pretty neat. I w- I would love to try one of those out too. Uh, it's it sits on your kitchen counter and it you know runs off pellets that when they're extinguished they go into like a water bath, so it prevents you know from being a fire hazard or from smoke. And then uh, almost like an industrial kitchen, it it scrubs out the smoke out out uh, that leaves the the indoor cooker, so you can create barbecue in your in your kitchen. Um, I. You know, it, it can only, f- you have to fit like a rack of ribs, you have to cut them in half. They yep. say it fits a brisket, and I'm guessing, you know, even small half flat, a packer maybe. would be tight. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm curious to see how that works. But uh, yeah, it looks neat as a as a way, you know, with our amazing weather right now in, mm-hmm. in the Midwest. Um, it's something I wouldn't mind trying. I don't think there's any doubt that there's probably room for this concept there's a guy here locally that has a radio show on the biggest station in cleveland that asked me about it when i had reached out to you last week if you knew anything about it so you know this is a guy who's a avid outdoor cook and he's looking to get something inside specifically for when the weather takes a turn like it is right now price tag wise we looking like at a thousand bucks or something like that yep a thousand bucks i think 9.99 so it's you know it's it's not cheap, but it's not really that expensive when you look at, you know, what pellet grills are at anyways. Um, and I, I think it's neat too, because it, it's a way for more people to, you know, start cooking barbecue possibly that, that couldn't before, or, you know, never really made the plunge. So anything that gets people cooking, I think is awesome. Agree or disagree. Success for this product will be limited due to its confiscation of available counter space. Yeah, I want to see what it looks like, like on a kitchen counter, you know, I, cause I, I can't quite visualize, you know, how big that is, um, weighs 40 pounds, I want to say. So it's, it's not terribly light to, to move out of the way. Um, but yeah, that it's, you know, just taking up 
permanent kitchen space like that, it, it will be tough and you'll need somewhere to store it and, and move it around. This is my other concern. Let's say you've gotten over that mental hurdle or maybe you have counter space at a premium like I got. And you're committing up front that it's going to be a back and forth thing. My thought, or at least the thing that I fall victim to the most, and I'm not trying to put this on everybody else because I'm sure everybody's better than me. If someone puts it away, for me, out of sight, out of mind. So now I've spent $1,000 on this indoor cooker, and it's not that I don't want to go down to the basement and lug 50 pounds back up and use it. I'll just forget about it. You think that's a potential issue? Yeah, I think any extra setup you have to do, I know maybe I'm just lazy, but I'm kind of the <laughs> same way. If it's if it's not readily accessible, I'm like, screw it, I'm going to do something else. So I, I would agree with that too, yeah. The one thing that I wanted to ask your opinion on on the way out is... It's not huge news yet. I saw a bunch of tech people covering it because it really seemed to be up their alley with all the AI stuff that it's supposed to be using. It is the Sear Grills Perfecta. It's got two infrared burners on either side. It's got a cooking grid that you put into the middle of it. And it's saying that it'll cook a steak in a minute and a half. They have this really gimmicky promo video showing a traditional gas grill versus the Sear Grill and you know, everybody's eating well in advance before the guy on the gas grill even flips a steak for the first time. Do you know anything about it? And on a scale of one to 10 on the gimmick meter, zero being no gimmick, 10 being the gimmickiest, where does it rate for you? Yeah, I, I think it's a nine or a 10. I, it's for me, it's 3,500 bucks, right? Are you going to buy? <laughs> Is it 3,500 uh, bucks? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Literally, it's $3,500. Uh, you can buy and, two sear woods for 3,500 bucks. Maybe three. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's to me, like, are you going to buy that so you can cook like, you know, one, maybe two steaks at a time? Mm. And, you know, you just eat that much steak. But also, too, it's like when I read stuff about the new uh, Weber Summit, where like this is the first ever infrared burner on a grill, and I'm like, no, it's not. There's been side infrared burners and, and stuff like that. And to me, that's the thing. You can buy a gas grill. You know, Napoleon makes one for I think 900 bucks with a infrared side burner and gets to 1600 degrees. So I w I would rather have a whole grill with a burner than just a steak cooking machine. You know. We're going to track that. I'm trying to get the one of the creators of that grill on the show. He seems to be down for it. We're going to have to contend with a little time zone difference because they're based out of the UK. We'll see if we can't yeah. work that out. This is Wes Wright. You can find him at cookoutnews.com. Make sure you're visiting there frequently every week so you can keep up with what's changing and new in the industry. Wes, always appreciate the time, and we'll see you in February. Yeah, great. Thanks, Greg. You got it. Wes Wright, always bringing it strong as he does each and every time. I'm going to attempt to get back on the clock here, a little long with Mike, and then I didn't want to cut Wes short. So stick around. We'll be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. We do thank Wes Wright for joining us, cookoutnews.com, his website, and you can also check him out on social media, Cookout News on all the platforms, see what he's up to. If you missed the first hour, we're podcasting, don't worry about it. 
Refresh your libations, and we'll be back for hour number two, if you can believe it. Stick around. We'll be right back.